Hi, my name's Steve Claridge. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time Podcast. I'm Luke Edwards, and joining me as ever are my band of mar- merry men. Not married men. Well, they are married men, sort of. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we have got Rob Worrell. Hello, Rob. Yeah, not in the married club. No, and uh, definitely in the married club is Chris Pratt. Hello, Chris. Yeah, good morning, Luke. <laughs> also not in the married club is Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie. Good morning. No, just married to this podcast, Luke. That's oh. as far as I go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh he's a, he's a, he loves to suck up, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you mean to go on. Yeah. <laughs> well... We'll start as we mean to go on now because we'll start at the top of the table. It was a big top of the table clash in the National League between Barrow and Bramley. It was the tea time game on BT Sport and Barrow keep marching on, don't they? They won by two goals to nil, Dior Angus and John Rooney with the goals. Yeah, Rooney has it again and Barrow finding a way to win against uh, difficult opposition. They played well in the first half, Bromley. in some quarters, they were quoted as the best of other teams played at Barrow um, at Holker Street this season. But they didn't score um, when they were potentially on top for times. And uh, yeah, Barrow got it done again. Dior Angus is probably having the best season of his career. And obviously, we know what John Rooney's doing. And uh, another test passed for Ian Everett's men. And uh, they just go from strength to strength. And uh, it's difficult to come up with a strong We've done Barrow to death over the last few weeks, but for Bromley, it's not been... It's been an iffy few weeks, haven't they? They are still there in and around uh, the table, but they are slipping down slightly because they were top in about October time, weren't they? And it's not been a great period for them, has it? Now, he's done a lot of tweaking. Um, a lot of people have come in and out. He's had a few issues at the back with uh, injuries and suspensions, but uh, he's got Winfield in, he's got Chambers in. Should be able to settle things down uh, a little bit at the back now, but uh, they just need to get to get the guns going at the get at the other end again. I think they're a good, sound, probably safe bet for the uh, for the playoffs, Bromley, uh, Bromley. But I'm, I'm I'm not sure if they're gonna they're gonna feature in the uh, you know much further in the title race. We shall have to see. Uh, let's remember they're coming from three, four consecutive upper mid table finishes, so. Playoffs would be fantastic for Bromley, and Neil Smith will tell you that. Luke, just in, interestingly, on uh, on Barrow, um, when Ian Everett was asked uh, about the the chances of winning the league and, and what have you, and he, he says uh, he says we've given ourselves a chance, and that's all we've done. And I thought that was really interesting because I bet inside he's so excited, <laughs> he's quite some sort of guy. You know, I know all the fans are and everything, and uh, he sort of has to say that. But it, it's one of them where he, he won't be happy, I don't think, until uh, until they've won it. And it, it's looking good for them, let's be honest. Yeah, secretly will be punching the air, won't he, I think, with how it's going at the minute. But like you say, until he's got that trophy in his hands, I'm guessing he's not going to take anything for granted whatsoever. Harrogate, they're another informed side. They're flying at the minute. They won 2-0 at Ebbsfleet. Uh, the man he might take out a restraining order and Rob Connor Hall, he scored the opener and Jack Muldoon, he added a second. Have you seen it, Luke? Have you seen it? My man, my man, Connor Hall. And, and, and listeners, if you don't know what the hell I'm on about, it's the fact that we both live in the town of the championship. But no, I, when I saw he scored his third goal of the season, I thought, well, it's, he's bound to have got up for a corner or something Well, and headed it in. Well, I think that might have been the case, but it was a beautiful volley. Anyone see it? <laughs> No. (laughs) (laughs) Connor saw it. Connor saw it. So did I. And so did all the Harrogate fans. And, uh, yeah, well done, Simon Weaver. Uh, He's got a small, tight-knit squad. And, uh, you know, they didn't have the best of starts at all this season, did they? They were just creeping up under the radar recently. And now they can can no longer do that because they're right up there in second place. Well done, Harrogate. And uh, well done, my man, Connor Hall. Well, we have a lot of people who contribute with stats on this show, but of course, Tom Feeney, who was on last week, he, he puts a lot out on Twitter. And I noticed last night he put that Harrogate had won six wins. It, they had six wins in a row in all competitions. They now have 55 points compared to the 43 they had at this point last season. So even though we thought Harrogate maybe weren't doing as well as last season, the, the last few weeks, they've completely blitzing what they've done at this stage last season. And are they title contenders? Can they challenge Barrow? 
I think they well, probably can, yeah. I mean, I was just having a, a quick look at their form there and um, four clean sheets in their last four league games as well. So, you know, as well as scoring goals that we've spoken about Connor Hall doing there, he's helping to keep the, the door shut at the other end as well. And, you know, that's a, a, a vitally important thing for a team to be able to do. And, you know, I, I don't see any reason why Harrogate can't challenge now. Um, whether they've got quite enough to, to get up, to Barrow, I'm not entirely sure, but they look a really good bet for the playoffs, certainly. Yeovil, they, they were leapfrogged by Harrogate. They were going to be second. They were 2 0 up v Hartlepool, looking good, but then they squandered that lead in the end, ended up drawing by. Ended up drawing 2-2 and they've also got a big miss coming up now because Reese Murphy got a straight red card. So that's a big blow for them. Not a good Saturday for Yeovil. Not in the end it wasn't, Luke. Um, I've had a look at the footage two or three times and it's not conclusive. You have to say, you have to give the benefit of the doubt to the referee. Did he see something that wasn't picked up on the cameras? What the, what the cameras picked up, it looked like the most innocuous coming together between him and uh, Miles Anderson, who's uh, obviously uh, back at Hartlepool now. But it was a second yellow for Murphy and a sending off. And uh, um, yeah, he will be a big loss for them. And that was a bit of mom- a bit of a momentum stopper at that moment. And uh, Hartlepool's uh, subsequent equaliser a little bit later on. I thought it was a straight red, actually, Rob. Um, I thought that he'd got a straight red. And if, if that was the case, he's looking at a few games out. And that would... Uh, that would be a big blow for Yeovil, uh, definitely, because he's been uh, he's been a man on fire this season. Well, I'm just going to rewind while we're chatting away. I've got the I've got the uh, I've got the highlights in front of me. I'm pretty sure I saw the referee walk up and show yellow, and that would have been the second yellow. But we'll, we'll confirm that in a couple of yeah. minutes. Crack on! I'm watching it now. The referee's blown his whistle. Murphy's going towards him. Out comes a yellow card. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. Uh, well, now this is interesting. What you see on the camera is yellow, but I think he might have pulled both cards out together. And I maybe think he thought he was showing a straight red, but the predominant colour that you can see as it comes out is yellow. But when he brings his hand down, you can see the other side of his hand is the red. So, I don't know, it was a little bit of a card shuffle there maybe from the referee. I guess what uh, what was ultimately agreed is what's going to count. Is it one game or three? And, and listeners, I just want you to uh, envisage us all sat in our uh, sort of VAR type uh, warrant <laughs> at home. <laughs> we've got we've got all the analysis. Yeah, Chris is there with his headset on, judging it. He's uh, in Rob's ear, <laughs> and we've overturned it. No, we haven't. Uh, right, okay. Uh, another informed team. Chris saw them a couple of weeks ago. Boreham Wood, Luke Garrard. Boreham Wood, they're fine as well. They got a very good win at Solihull Moors. And unlike Harrogate, they're, they're the informed team along with Barrow at the minute. Yeah, they definitely are. And such a difficult place to go, as we as we know, um, is, is Solihull. I was speaking to uh, to someone who knows, I'll, I'll leave him nameless, but who knows uh, Solihull very well. And um, he's just a bit worried that they're, uh, they're dipping off a little bit. And it's not something I expected. When I saw them a few weeks ago, I think I've said this a few times. I thought that anyone who'd finish above them would be uh, would be winning the league, but they're they're just dipping off at the moment. But I'd rather focus, to be honest, on uh, on Boreham Wood because um, you know their form in recent weeks has been absolutely fantastic under under Luke Garrard, and I, I can see why because when I saw them a couple of weeks ago, they were fantastic. They were quick. They were fast. They were clever in what they were doing and uh, it's no surprise to see them up there in fifth. Yeah, I think the big thing about Boreham Wood, the big question marks over is when they faced a physical side like Solihull Moors and they will have done that on Saturday and they've definitely, sounds like they stood up to the test. Yeah, and uh, a point I wanted to make about that game, a really, really sweet, sweet strike from uh, Kane Smith and, uh, you know, so good to see. He's, he was really one of those up-and-coming young players destined for greater things until that uh, horrific injury left him out for the best part of a season. But he's back now and flying. He smashed that uh, that goal home for Boreham Wood. And a little bit later on, he was the recipient of the foul that saw the sending off of Alex Gudger. That's probably one of the more debatable ones. I mean, it looks pretty conclusive to me from the footage. But Gudger claimed afterwards that he didn't even touch him. Uh, so uh, Smith's OK from what I understand. But... Uh, yeah, another one of five sendings off yesterday in the National League. So it was a bit of uh, a bit of red mist, all sorts of different ones, and uh, we'll come across, we'll come to one or two of the other red cards as we go through. Yeah, I think the rule is now though. There doesn't you don't have to touch him. It's the intent. If he's gone in there with his, like his feet up, 
then even if he's not caught him, it's it's a red. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Halifax, they're back on track. Five goals, five different scores against a maidenhead side who are going to be looking over the shoulders, but Pete Wilde, despite losing Liam, Lack- Liam McAlinden to Stockport this week, will be delighted with that. Yeah, I'll be absolutely over the moon. I love five different goal scorers. I love a different goal scorer in a high-scoring game, but one that really did catch my eye yesterday um, was Jack Redshaw. And uh, talking to a lot of people, it sounds like Jack Redshaw is getting back to the form that he was in uh, in the, the sort of heyday of his career a few years ago. And if he's getting into into form, that's only good news for Halifax because he's such a difficult guy to mark. He's so quick. He, he makes such good runs and he really is quality in this division. And uh, I think if they can get him firing again, uh, Devante Rodney played pretty well in that game. Someone I've seen quite a lot at Stockport County this season as well. And uh, that's only going to give Halifax confidence for their uh, playoff push. Yeah, with Rodney and Redshaw up front now, they're... Um... They're a bit of a dark horse, maybe in that playoff race now. Yeah, I think I think what they'll do, they'll play um, they'll play Devante Rodney as sort of an attacking left or an attacking uh, right midfielder probably, and uh, Jack Redshaw up front. But yeah, I mean it gives them so many uh, exciting attacking options, and there's not there's going to be some uh, exciting games for the for the Shaman uh, supporters there. So just five points separate Halifax in seventh down to Torquay in thirteenth. It is really tight behind, as we mentioned. Solihull lost, and Stockport County could only draw nil nil. In what didn't sound like a classic, Chris? Um, I'll say I'll give you five five seconds on this. It was really boring. There's nothing to say about the match <laughs> whatsoever. So I'm not going to waste everyone's time by talking about it. What I will say is that I did speak to uh, soon to be ex board member of Stockport County, John Kieran, before the game. So I'm here with, with John Kieran, John. It's it's all changed here. So tell us what's happened over the last few days. <laughs> Well, to be honest, Chris, it's not so much what's happened in the last few days, it's what's been happening in the last two years. You know, that's how long this has taken to come to fruition. You could argue it's taken even longer than that, you know, but um, Mark's been talking to um, our chairman, Richard Park, for uh, the last 24 months. There's been a number of issues that have have made it difficult to get to the conclusion we reached this week but um, yeah delighted to say it's finally happened and um, I think you can feel the buzz around the place today can't you? Yeah well certainly when I was walking up there's so many more people just hanging around Edgeley and things like that I mean when these things happen it takes a bit of time doesn't it and it, everyone needs to recognise that it's not going to happen straight away although it might be hope for a good performance today Well as you well know I joined the board six and a half years ago I never expected to still be on it six and a half years later I, I wasn't the plan I don't want to be a director but I joined because the club was in dire straits and uh, myself and Richard Park decided to become directors or were invited to and um, we're happy to, to try and help at that point in time we've added directors since then we brought in people like Steve Bellis also brought in uh, George Hudson people like that to, to really turn the club around and I think we've done that and, and put it into a position where people like Mark Stott will have a look at it and say actually this is now an attractive proposition rather than um, you know a lead weight that's sinking to the bottom of the sea. Do you think we'll start seeing some, obviously there's a few a few new players today, yeah. uh, do you think we'll start seeing some new signings? Mark Stott's indicated already that he's going to boost the budget immediately. His target is, is the championship in seven years um, so obviously if he could get a promotion uh, before he's even started this season that would certainly help so I think he, yeah he's um, he would like to see us in the playoffs at the end of this season. It's a, it's a realistic target. It was actually our target as well. So, yeah, I, I think you're likely to see more additions to the squad in the coming weeks. Well, I hope we don't get the championship. I won't have a job then. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. No, I, I obviously hope so. And um, what was it? That, he's a local guy, isn't he? Is, is he supported county? I don't think he's been particularly a county fan. He's always lived in Stockport throughout his life. But I think the word that, that, that springs to mind is potential. He could have invested in Macclesfield, he could have gone and bailed out Berry. he could have gone to Oldham and helped them out, they're in a bit of trouble at the minute, so there's any number of clubs that he could have invested in, but he's opted for Stockport County because I think he sees the potential, he can see growth, um, and he can see the way that the club is stable already, sustainable, ready for a good future, um, and all the building blocks are in place, and he can, um, you know, he can take it on lock, stock and barrel, um, and... Hey, look, it might be ambitious seven years to the championship, but 
I don't think getting in the football league is uh, is beyond his means. And that was John Kieran and Chris. Uh, although it was a bit of a damp squid, the game yesterday. It seems like there's a lot of excitement around Stockport County. And the big thing I know the new owner has said is that they are debt free as well, debt free, and they can just take it on from there now. Yeah, he said a lot of good things. There's a really good video um, on YouTube on YouTube on the Stockport County channel. He's talking about building Edgeley Park. Edgeley Park's going to be the home, which is a very popular announcement for the fans. Uh, they're going to be investing. There was there was one of them ambitious things that new owners can often say and can often come back to bite them. But he was talking about being in the championship in seven years, which uh, is, is always when I sort of hide underneath the table and think, oh dear, that's... Uh, would be uh, that could definitely come back to bite you, but no, certainly a lot of ambition. Debt free is such a big thing for a club that have have struggled, um, that was sort of saved really by uh, you know sort of the people who sort of stepped in and kept it going whilst it's been um, you know languishing at times and in the bottom of the uh, the National League North. So no, definitely very exciting times, and there was over five thousand packed in yesterday to uh, to Edgeley Park, and uh, what they saw on the pitch didn't match their enthusiasm, which hopefully they've carried off it as well after the game. But it was a good point for for Sutton United, and uh, manager Matt Gray was very happy with it, and I spoke to him uh, briefly after the game. So Matt, there was a bumper crowd here today, but you managed to silence them. Are you happy with that point? Oh, definitely uh, a clean sheet away from home against anyone in this league is, uh, is always pleasing and a, and a good point. Um, like I was uh, saying previously just a minute ago that um, with Chesterfield, uh, our last game and them having a caretaker manager two days before we play them was very much an unknown. With Stockport here today making free signings on, on Thursday with a takeover that happened as well uh, before the game. Uh, a, a bumper crowd, as you say. Uh, it was a little bit uh, too difficult circumstances for us, but I thought we started the game really well. Uh, we weathered the spell probably before half-time into the wind. Uh, dealt really well with quite a lot of corners that we had to we were put under pressure. I think the only chance they've had on goal is the, the free kick that Towns has saved. But the second half, if, if anyone was going to win it, I felt it was going to be us. And uh, But on the flip side of it, we got a clean sheet and we're happy. You silenced the crowd, obviously, straight away, didn't you? And uh, was that part of the plan? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, we, you always want to start on the front foot, and the start of the games uh, are always important. Home away, whoever you're playing against, and uh, and we certainly started on the front foot today, and, and and yeah, silenced the crowd if you like. But I just liked our shape. I thought we were organised. I thought we limited some to a lot, um, very minimal chances, and I was very pleased uh, pleased with the performance all round. Firmly mid-table now. Do you kick on from here in 2020? Listen, the, the big transition that this football club's had to go through um, in the last six, seven, eight months since the summer, um, the, the biggest thing for this football club is that we're a National League club come the end of the season. Um, and I feel 51 points will probably keep us up. We're on 40 now, so I feel we need 11, 11 more points. So that is our next target. I'm not looking at, you know, I haven't looked at the league table all along. Just get to that target, 51 points. Uh, and then, then we start looking up how far are we from the next team and start picking teams off. And let's see if we can finish as hard as we possibly can in, uh, in my first season as a manager. Yeah, that was Matt Gray. And just looking at Sutton briefly, uh, they, are, they are in a very solid mid-table and... Uh, Chris, what did you make of Sutton, even though it wasn't a great game? Uh, very functional, very tight, very difficultly restricted uh, Stockport to one shot on target. That was a Liam McAlinden free kick, which, to be honest, wasn't uh, anything to, to write home about. Um, they were very good. They've got a fantastic right winger. I don't know whether you've seen him, guys, but um, Adji Boy on the on the right hand side for, for Sutton. The first 10, 15 minutes was the highlight of the game, watching him... Uh, sort of destroy um, Eddie Clark new signing actually for, for Stockport County and uh, he's certainly one that I think clubs will be looking at and uh, Sutton United have got a, a definite diamond there Yeah I know Tom really really rates him, he's another one who's come up through the levels to, to play in the National League and as, as you say I think it's going to be difficult for Sutton to kind of hold on to him going forward maybe not in January but certainly in the summer you reckon well, yeah, I mean, on the on the basis of me watching him for ninety minutes, that's my scouting report. I think he looked uh, he looked like he got everything. He faded a bit during the uh, as the game went on, and I'll have to work out different ways. I think to uh, to keep uh, going in the game because once once teams have worked him out in the first ten sort of twenty fifth uh, thirty minutes, they did sort out how to combat him after that. So he'll have to think of ways to to work stuff out there, but uh, certainly very exciting. I've just got five seconds on the Stockport against Sutton game. I've watched the highlights on BT. 
and bless them, they managed to find one shot apiece from both sides, both poor shots over the bar. And I think I had to do something just to acknowledge there was actually a game. <laughs> <laughs> so that's... Yeah, I won't remember it for very long, Rob. Well, so that, that's 10 seconds we've had on Stockport and Sutton now. <laughs> yeah, we've overdone it. We've overcooked Yeah, it. we have over-egged it. Um, Woken in different form for them, but a very good result for Wrexham by three goals to nil. But Woken will be, be really disappointed with that, although Wrexham have freshened up the camp in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's uh, I think relief will be the word around Wrexham. I'm not going to get my eyes open too much by that result. Uh, Woken have been in pretty poor form um, away from home. Uh, Wrexham haven't really been pulling up trees, but they brought Luke Summerfield back in yesterday. He was a breath of fresh air, a lovely 25-yarder from him and a penalty tucked home later on as well. Um, a wretched afternoon for, for, for Woken all round because uh, Jamal Lowe's got a, a second yellow card for uh, one of the most poorest bits of simulation I've seen in a long time. He ran into the penalty area and tried to throw himself into a defender and uh, quite rightly the referee didn't give the penalty and uh, showed him uh, a yellow card and he went for that and I don't think there would have been too many complaints about that one although I have to just add I, I, I didn't see what he got his first yellow card. So at the bottom... Uh, some interesting results, as we said, because Wrexham, they won. Chesterfield got a very good win at Eastleigh as well. Tom Denton and Jonathan Smith scoring there. So Chesterfield coming into a bit of form. The big surprise again, Fylde, they're still struggling. They lost at home 3-2 to Torquay. Despite Tom Walker opening the scoring, Asa Hall, Jamie Reid and Ben Whitfield all scored to leave. Fylde with, with some work to do still. Oh, well, look, with a lot of work to do. This is not where Fylde were expecting to be at this time of the season. Um, and certainly it's not where we expected them to be, having tipped them. Well, I think most of us tipped them for uh, for the title this year. So, um, yeah, this is, um, this is a big blow. And let's, let's be honest, they are in a relegation battle. They've got a game or two in hand against the sides above them. So that's going to stand them in good stead. But they're not looking like winning any uh, against anyone at the moment. Tom Walker's a massive plus. He's, um, you know, he's a great player and he, he makes things happen. So once he hits his straps, um, maybe they will start moving up the table. But looking at Jim Bentley's um, sort of interview at the end of the game, he was just saying, look, everyone's trying, but it's just that extra one or two percent uh, sort of across the pitch that we need to be uh, we need to be putting in. So really worrying times for everyone at Fylde at the minute. And Torquay United, just looking at it from their perspective, that's a great win for them. They haven't been in great form of late. Another goal for Jamie Reid. I think Reid has moved up to 18 now and Rooney up to 15. The only two in probably the top 15, 20 goal scorers in the National League to grab a goal yesterday, so a goal or more yesterday. So, uh, yeah, really, really good win for Torquay. That keeps them firmly in mid-table and... Uh, you know, you wouldn't have even thought we'd mention Torquay in trouble, but uh, it does pull them uh, eight points clear of that, and uh, I think uh, five points off the off the playoffs. So they, they they've still got plenty to go in their season. Um, we'll come on, I guess, to uh, the likes of Dagmar Ebridge, who didn't play yesterday. Uh, their game at Barnet was off, and Maidenhead, who we we touched on in the Halifax game. Those are the two mid-table sides dropping like stones. And, and they drop significantly. They are uh, right in the thick of it now in 19th and 20th place. And I do fear for Maidenhead. The biggest thing they've got going for them um, is Alan Devonshire because he's been there, seen it and done it before. He pulls rabbits out of hats every season. But if you've seen the defending from the Maidenhead players in that game that Chris was talking about at Halifax, then uh, it doesn't bode well for the rest of the season. Well, we'll get on to the, uh, the other teams down at the bottom. Ebsley... As we mentioned earlier, they lost 2-0 at home to Harrogate and Kevin Watson wasn't a happy man. He wasn't happy with certain aspects, including discipline. And he said the result tried his patience. And But in particular, he had another man sent off, didn't he? Yeah, it was a strange old game that the uh, the referee pulled up lane um, and uh, one of the assistant referees, uh, a female referee whose name, forgive me, I can't remember, took over. And she had a busy old afternoon. She showed two yellows to Josh Payne. Um, and uh, uh, so that's another red card in the National League yesterday. Not a great day for Ebb Street. It didn't go right. And obviously, as we've already said, um, a tidy bit of work from Harrier. And the other game down at the bottom of the team, languishing at the bottom, Charlie. Uh, they played all the shot in, in what wasn't a dull game, was it, Rob? 
No, uh, it certainly wasn't. Uh, it's one of the worst games of football I've ever seen up at Victory Park when it was nil-nil. But, uh, you know, things come around, don't they, in football, and we got ourselves a little bit of a thriller. Before the game, before a ball was kicked, I had a word with uh, Jamie Vermiglio about uh, Chorley's position and, and, and uh, how he saw the rest of the season. And uh, as you'll hear from this chat, they're going to approach it a little bit differently. Joined by Chorley manager Jamie Vermiglio prior to the game against uh, Aldershot at the EBB. Jamie, 16 games to go. You are bottom, but you're six points off of a potentially safe position. What's your overall feeling at the moment and your approach to these last 16 games? Thanks for reminding me. Um, my approach hasn't really changed too much, although, you know, as the games start to run out, I mean, 16 games is, is enough enough game for us. I'm confident that we can do it, but, you know, we're in a bit more of a, a difficult position right now than we were seven games ago because there's less less opportunity and less time to turn it around. But well, we want to be positive. You don't get you don't get very far with a draw in this league. It's the, you know, the wins. I'd rather lose two and win a couple than keep drawing. I mean, we've drawn too many games and... You know anyone that we come up against and, and watch us say, you know, we're not a bad, we're not a bad t- side at all. And we've, you know, we've had most possession, we've had a lot of shots, not not enough on target. But we want to be on the front foot. We want to give it a go. You know, we're not just going to go into this national league and then, you know, go down without giving it a fight. We're giving it a fight, and we're very confident with what we've got. I brought in a few new players to freshen it up, and that's not just on the pitch, it's just to lift, you know, lift lift the place a little bit. So you know, I'm hoping that can help, and, and we've made a few changes today, and hopefully that can contribute for us. Yeah, three of your four new signings will make their debuts uh, in North East Hampshire this afternoon. I think we know about Duxbury. He's a left-back or left-wing back. Uh, very experienced K. Played 500 league games. And yeah. Cardwell, tell us a bit more about him. Uh, Cardwell's a striker that we've got in from Grimsby. We're developing quite a good relationship. We took, took Charlie Vernon, came in, did well, scored a few goals, and we've kept in touch and kept tabs on uh, Cardwell since the start of the season. He's a, he's a powerhouse. He's six foot three, six foot four, strong boy. Um, and he gives us something a little bit different. He gives us a bit more of a pivot and something to aim at up there. And... And so will the others, you know, Kay's 47 years old or something like that now. He's played, he's played a lot of games. <laughs> he but, might have added 10 years. Yeah, a bit of experience. Um, but you know what, he's a fit lad. He's, he looks after himself and you can see that. And he's, he's got a hunger and already he's kind of become involved, emotionally attached to the team. And he knows we've got a job to do and he's an experienced boy. And, you know, we're going to need that experience. We're going to need youth. We're going to need, we're going to need everything. We're going to need absolutely everything for the last 16 games. Final question. Uh, not necessarily strictly about today's game plan, because I wouldn't ask you on that, but you said you need more wins than draws now. Does that mean just being on the front foot more from the word go, or do you still have to pick your moments to, to, to push forward in games? I, I think, to be honest, it's a, it's a reflection, a self-reflection probably, because we started the season very positive. We got promoted last season playing good, attractive football, getting bodies in the box. Results didn't go our way really in the first 10 games. There's a bit of a change in my, my mentality of maybe we need to look at a few more draws, keeping the clean sheets. And then perhaps that's gone against us a little bit when we've been a little bit more reserved, when we've taken a few more risks and give the lads more opportunities to get into the box and we've been creating more opportunities so or more chances. So it's just a little bit of, of my message to the boys is look, let's let's just let's give it a go, let's get more bodies in the box, let's try and score a few more goals and, and keep clean sheets. But look, if football was that easy, I'd be I'd be managing at a different level and everyone here would be playing at a different level. So we know it's gonna to be tough. Today's older shots are a you know a good side, they've shown that they can play good football and at home they're They've been successful. Their form over the last seven or eight games is as good as a top eight side. So, you know, it's going to be tough today. But, you know, we could be here with a bit of confidence. We need to kick on and it's a, it's a good opportunity to do it away from home. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us, particularly before the game. That's much appreciated. And best of luck for the rest of the season. Jamie yeah, Vermiglio. That was Jamie Vermiglio. And, uh, well, they did approach it differently, didn't they, Rob? Yeah, they started uh, superbly, actually, and uh, took a deserved lead while all shot shot... Um, didn't really get out of the traps in the first half. But quite unusually for the National League in particular, boys, the first four efforts on goal in this match all went in. Um, it was 2 all before the half-an-hour mark had kicked in. Uh, so it was a really, really brilliant first half-an-hour. Um, then kind of the middle part of the match was really scrappy as both teams thought, right, we've got to not let any more in and score another goal somewhere. And then, uh, you know, when... Uh, when all the shots scored from an unlikely source, seven minutes from time, Dean runs with a header from a corner. I'll just repeat that. Dean runs with a header from a corner. Um, you thought, that's it. What a turnaround. All the shot behind twice, stayed in the game, got themselves ahead. And you think, well, here they go. They're in good home form at the minute. They'll see this one out. But then they went and, uh, well, I don't know if any of you boys have seen it, but it's totally inexplicable. I couldn't understand it describing it. Danny Searle still couldn't get his head round it afterwards, but 
Um, a ball came raking across the area and something, something in his head made Robbie Tinkler stick his hand out and uh, make a save on a ball that was going across the goal. The referee gave a penalty, sent Tinkler off. And uh, Alex Newby, the pick of the Chorley team for me yesterday, tucked away the penalty for his second goal of the game and a thoroughly deserved point for Chorley. And after all of that, what do they want? They want more wins. They want to go for it in games. And what do they end up with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the draw specialist is certainly, uh, if you're a betting person, and to get bets on Charlie to get a draw. I mean, are we looking at Ebsley and Charlie as needing snookers now? They're eight points off safety. What do you think, Chris? Uh, well, it's... It... <sighs> Look, they are eight points off safety. There's still... Um, there's still plenty of games, over 10 games to go, isn't there? Um, but it is looking... Uh, it's... It's looking difficult for them, let's face it, and uh, maybe one of them will put a run in. There you go, I'm being generous. I just want to add a little caveat there, boys. Um, on the normal situation, four teams going down, they are eight points off it, but they're very, very likely. I don't think absolutely confirmed and rubber stamp, but the very, very likely scenario that only three will go down. That makes a difference. That leaves them both five points off. But it's five points off file. They've got two games in hand of... Uh, uh, two games in hand of Edfleet and one game in hand of, of Chorley so it's going to be very very difficult for them um, and, and, and and we're not ready to sort of you know call the last rights over these two teams but uh, they're going to need to pick up some form and pick it up very quickly now So we're going to look at the National League South next When your kids are ill you just want to help them feel better but you don't always need antibiotics get advice from your local pharmacy or search NHS Choices. Hi everyone, I'm Martin Tyler. You are listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. So in the National League South, it's been an eventful week for Dorking. Very roller coaster, if, if, if we could put it like that. I, I saw them at Stockport County in, the, uh, in their FA Trophy replay on Tuesday evening. And they went 2-0 up very early on. And if you get a chance to see the second goal, it is a thing of beauty. They're in... They're on their own byline, and yet five passes later, the ball is in Stockport County's net. So Dorking led 2-0 at half-time, and I caught up with the me or the guy who does the match reports for Dorking, Dan Stobart. I'm here tonight at Stockport County. We're watching the uh, FA Trophy replay with Dorking Wanderers, and I've got Dan who's doing the, uh, the match reporting for Dorking. He's quite happy side lead 2-0 at the minute. Yeah, absolutely fantastic uh, in the first half of... Um done what they unfortunately didn't do on Saturday and, and that's be clinical uh, after a bit of build up and then the second goal from Niall McManus um, superb finish real composure um, a, a limited Stockport to, to not many real chances again a bit like Saturday seems to be a lot of sort of balls into the box which again the, the back three are defending really well it's just continuing on what's been a a really good season for your first season in the National League South ever and you've risen so quickly and it just it seems to be on a good journey at the minute absolutely yeah it included two big wins in this competition against local rivals Leatherhead and uh, at home to Bromley of obviously the National League Prem as well and they've all done they've done it really as I was saying to yourself earlier on they've done it with um a back three that's been changed out. It's like the second back three tonight that's playing essentially in terms of Ed Harris and Samuel Abd and David Ray not being not being involved. Um, so the three chaps back have been brilliant. So yeah, it's, it's yeah they're going above and beyond at the moment. Absolutely, yeah, continuing the journey. And you've got a chairman who is manager as well, but he's doing an impressive job. Very much so. Yeah, he's, he's, he's he very much is Mr. Dorking Wonders. Um, is Mark White and. Um, and his philosophy and his style of play, and it's a lot we've seen again tonight. They, they play with this this formation that that, that doesn't have any fear, um, very sort of attack orientated, and um, which is great. Um, but his, his principle of keeping the same core set of players for kind of number consecutive seasons has been has been so pleasing to see as well. Only two three additions coming in. It's very much been the same kind of nucleus of players from from the Isthmian through to now. So yeah, um, he's done done a, done a great job so far. Really has. We've talked a lot in the pod about. Would, Do- would Dorking sort of settle for mid-table but I suppose you can believe you can get in the playoffs and do maybe even better yeah I mean the, some of the results over that that kind of November-December run um, against the likes of Weldstone and on the road at Maidstone um, and obviously some of the results in this competition it, it, yeah it really does suggest uh, you never want to get too far ahead of yourself uh, still a long way to go but it does certainly suggest that they can compete at the top end uh, of the league yeah so I think, why why can't they kind of kick on and, and push for the for the playoffs um, yeah absolutely. 
looking looking encouraging. Don't want to say too much to no. sort of jinx it. No, but of it's, course um, not. It's certainly looking very encouraging, yeah. Well, we'll see how the second half goes and we'll, we'll get reaction from uh, from Darkin after the game, see if they've won and how the players and management feel about how the season's gone so far. Cheers, Dan. And that was Dan Stobar and... Further goals in the second half from Matthew Briggs meant that Darkin ran out 4-0 winners. A fantastic result for them. And after the game, I caught up with a jubilant manager of Darkin, Mark White. So I'm here with Mark White, the victorious Darkin Wanderers manager. Mark, in your wildest dreams, could you believe you come here and win 4-0 tonight? No, I don't think anyone would have expected um, like a 4-0 win. Um, I thought we could win. I thought the most important thing was that we didn't come here feeling like we're second favourites. I thought we edged the game Saturday. We, there was one team that should have won Saturday, it was us. Um, and it was just about trying to treat it like a normal game and just do our normal thing. And um, scored at good times, uh, looked dangerous the whole, the whole game. And, you know, some nights just uh, go your way. And, and tonight was one of those. I think that's the thing that stood out. You came here, you showed no fear the way you used the big pitch here as well. Yeah, I mean, we're a good footballing team and, you know, we're, we're renowned for keep, like, keeping our team together. A lot of these boys have come through several promotions together. They know each other really well and that shows in some of their sort of forward play. And what we lack in uh, may be the, you know, sometimes athleticism and agility of other teams we make up for in the, the way we play football and, and, you know, we're good to watch. And, yeah, tonight, I mean, our second goal was magnificent yeah. and such a good goal. No, it was just incredible that it all went our way. And you've had a great season as well. I mean, this will just boost you even further now in your, your push in the National League South. Yeah, I think, we, we, I mean, we're on a, we come up here tonight without our, you know, Jason Pryor, who's our sort of talisman, mm. um, his wife's pregnant, heavily pregnant and he couldn't travel. Um, so we've also got three of our sort of main centre-halves. That's, that's not rude to say that to the boys that have played, all injured. So we've got our own challenges and we've had a good start in the league, but we've just got to keep our feet on the floor. I said to the boys, look, this is the arena now that we're playing in. We're playing National League football. We beat Bromley at home. We've done really well against Stockport home and away. This is where we're at. We're a good side. So we've just got to keep working hard and trying to improve. Filed next, obviously, down towards the bottom of the National League, but really good <laughs> players in there, really good side. And, and that's another occasion you're going to relish, but, and you're at home. Yeah, that's the main thing for me. We're trying to get more of the, the local people out to watch the team and we've, we've really grown our crowds um, incrementally. So um, another big match at Medibank um, to sell out again, hopefully, um, is brilliant for us against the holders. And, and that's what we want, you know. We want to play all the, the best sides in the competition. And that was Mark White. And it was quite amusing to see. I've never seen him on the touchline, but he, he dressed a bit like a rapper. He had this snapback cap on a long black coat, trainers, nice pair of jeans on and a complete opposite to, to Jim Gannon but he did the job there and uh, it was a fantastic result and I also caught up with the Gallagher brothers Dan and Jake Gallagher and, and Dan had a very good game in that dark in defence. Lovely hair as well, looks like one of the members of, of Blossoms but anyway, I caught up with the two of them in the tunnel after the game. So I'm joined by the Gallagher brothers, but any Oasis fans out there probably won't be thinking of a reunion. We're joined by Dan Gallagher and Jake Gallagher. We've just seen Dorking win four goals to nil up at Stockport, and what a result that was. Yeah, yeah, great result, especially you know having to come down here on a Tuesday night when yeah. we've all got we all got work and stuff to cancel, and then go, get up early tomorrow. So yeah, made the trip well worth it. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, you, you've dropped down a level from all the shot, haven't you, Jake? And uh, how, how have you found it? Because obviously you're managing the under 18s there as well now at Darkin. Yeah, no, really good. It's it's really enjoyable to be down there, local to home as well, around the yeah, corner. Yeah. So playing for your local clubs always, you tend to give a little bit more, I think. Um, and then my brother joining as well, that's given me a little yeah. lift as well, made it all enjoyable. But no, really good. Uh, doing the under 18s all under one roof. Um, Makes it really good for the club and stuff like that. You know, me pushing on into the first team and having the young ones kind of have a role model to look up to and see if they can get into the first team. And some young ones I've coached before, Dixie and uh, George coming on. So, yeah, well done to them for coming on. Yeah, really good. And Dan, obviously you've stepped up a level, haven't you, from Leatherhead. So uh, how have you found that this year? Uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, it was a tough decision for me because I was quite well thought of at Leatherhead, but definitely made the right decision. Yeah, obviously it's different to Jake. Jake's come down and... He's played at grounds like this all the time and obviously this is probably one of the biggest grounds I've played at, to be fair. Um, but yeah, like Jake said, made the trip well worth it coming back with 4 win. Do you lean on Jake then for like nights like tonight, you know, and in an atmosphere like tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jake always passed on um, his experience to me. Uh, 
gives me advice all the time and looks after me on the pitch as well, so I'm very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys believe that obviously you're in the playoffs and it's kind of, I, I've said you've got a chance this year, a few other people have gone, you'd be happy to consolidate. I'm guessing in the dressing room, yeah. you're all saying playoffs are, um, are achievable in promotion. Yeah, definitely. It's It was tough at the start of the season. Pre-season was tough and we're kind of thinking, let's just get ourselves in the league for next year. But um, the way it's gone and the way the players have progressed and the coaches have done and the way we're doing, yeah, nothing's stopping us and there's no reason why we can't go and push for the playoffs. And that was Dan Gallagher and Jake Gallagher. And, of course, Jake Gallagher's somebody who you know well and, and you heard him there. He spoke with a passion and they've got a bit of a belief that they can do something this year. They've been amazing and I'm sure a lot of the talk in the build-up to yesterday's game will have been right. That was fantastic what we did at Stockport in the week. But we need to get back to the bread and butter and uh, they've been doing very, very well in the National League South. Uh, and uh, they took the lead. They got a good start. They took the lead. It was a brilliant game by the looks of it. McManus putting them ahead. But then goals from Paxman, Akinwandi and a penalty from uh, Jake Robinson put Billericke 3-1 up. Uh, until round about the hour mark and then Dawkins showed the character that they've got in the side Buchanan and Jason Fryer whose uh, wife this week was uh, going on to, uh, to, to, to their child um, got some level at three all then uh, I think it's Doug Loft isn't it uh, gave uh, Billy Ricky a 76 minute lead which he thought might be the winner until that man Briggs who'd been so good up at Stockport Went and got a 94th minute equaliser. A quite brilliant game, four all. And uh, poor old Jamie O'Hara, who saw his side get a crucial uh, stoppage time uh, point last week. The opposite happened this time round. Yeah, no no away win for Billy Ricky as it stands. And Jamie Hara actually tweeted he's got a lot of respect for Mark White. And uh, he, he took a positive out of it and said, look, it's a point. I would have taken that at the start of the game. And he said they've now got four home games in a row to concentrate on. They are very good at home, so they'll be looking to climb up that table. And that game was also a fitting tribute to Martin Beard, who was the chief scout at Darkin and assistant manager, who passed away suddenly during the week. Um, and uh, not a lot's come out about it as yet, but uh, we obviously we send all our condolences to everyone at Darkin and to the Beard family. And uh, what a... What a fitting way for him to sort of celebrate his memory. At the top, though, brilliant win for Wheelstone. They won 4-2 at Havenant Waterlooville. They came from 2-1 down. And the final goal from Danny Green sparked scenes of jubilation. Take a look at that on Twitter. And they'll have been absolutely delighted with that. That, in the course of the whole season in the National League South, might just turn out to be one of the key games of the season yesterday. You've got Haven and Waterlooville hotly tipped to go up at home to the league leaders. They started the game uh, eight points behind them. Uh, they took the lead twice in the first half. They could have been uh, closing that gap to just five points, but Wilson stayed in the game two all and then went on to win it in the second half. Uh, and that now puts them uh, seven points clear of uh, the second position. But uh, notably, 11 points clear of Havant and Waterlooville. A massive, massive day yesterday for Wilston. A huge result for them. Michel Fete on the score sheet. And also a couple of goals for our man Moses Emmanuel, who I think, I'll have to double-check this, I think I tipped him to be the top scorer in the National League South, albeit he was at uh, Billericke at the time. <laughs> we'll still let you have it though, Rob. You can still have it. You've put his name. You didn't say which team he was going to do it for. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, I know Afete was delighted on Twitter as well, and I think, like you say, psychologically, I think they feel that's a big blow delivered to the rest of the division. Definitely, I think it's huge, it's key, and to be honest, their lead could have been significantly more were it not down to Bath, just doing what Bath do, um, etching out another home win, 2-0 against Temel Hempstead. And somebody on the score sheet yesterday, Luke, celebrating a milestone, wasn't it? Yeah, Ross Stern, he scored the second goal in that game. That was his 50th goal for Bath City. He's been a, a, a loyal servant to them. Had a little spell away at Forest Green. Didn't quite work out and he's come back to them. And he's going to be an important cog for them going forward. Another game involving two teams in and around the playoff places. Slough took on Dartford. Yeah, just a, a straightforward 1-0 home win this for Slough. On the back of some recent decent results, uh, 34 minutes the goal came and uh, 
Dartford uh, lost Ming to a red card uh, three minutes from time, but uh, that brought to an end their recent uh, good run. Uh, but uh, yes, Slough kick on and they're uh, sat comfortably in uh, third position in the uh, National League South table on 46 points. Ten points behind the leaders, Wilston, with a game in hand. Yeah, a good win away for Weymouth at Concord as well, that Rob, wasn't it? A real standout result. Adabadi getting on the score sheet, I noticed as well. Yeah, and Baggy, and, uh, you know, when I watched Weymouth, I think it was last season, it would have been, uh, yeah, about halfway through last season, um, those two players stood out, and it's interesting that they're both doing it again at a higher level, uh, wide players that can uh, that can trouble the opposition, and uh, they don't always rely on the centre-forwards to score the goals. I don't think uh, Brett Williams has been that prolific, really, for Weymouth this season, as we thought he might be. Um, uh, but Baggy and Odubade uh, getting the goals either side of an O'Donoghue strike for, for Concord, who've been in reasonable form themselves of late, but uh, Weymouth go marching on. Yeah, just behind him in eighth position are Maidstone, four points behind, but with two games in hand behind Dartford in seventh. They drew 1-1 with Hemel in midweek, and they've had a couple of, of changes. They've brought in Andre Bucard and they've let Matt McClure go, but a disappointing result for them for Maidstone. They wanted to have built, built on that result in midweek, but they lost 1-0 at St Albans, and Ian Allenson, who was furious last week after that 3-3 draw at Eastbourne, was delighted this week with the character and a clean sheet. Yeah, good, really, really good win for St Albans. You wouldn't have predicted that. You might have said if they had a good day, they might make a draw against Maidstone. But, uh, yeah, a real setback for John Still and Hacking High Retton's men. They, uh, there's a little bit of a gap now. They're one position outside the playoffs, but they're four points behind Dartford and seven behind the next team, Dawkins. So that is starting to open up there in the uh, the little gap in the table. And just below that, you know, Chelmsford didn't do them any, themselves any favours either. Uh, at home to uh, Eastbourne Borough. They'd have been hoping for the uh, three points yesterday. Got a good start with a Sean Jeffers goal in the sixth minute. But uh, just two minutes later, Charlie Walker equalised for Eastbourne Borough. And Walker had the opportunity two minutes after that to uh, put Eastbourne Borough ahead. But he missed his penalty. And that was it. You could have gone home after ten minutes at Chelmsford yesterday and you wouldn't have missed any key action. <laughs> yeah, maybe some people did. It was very cold uh, yesterday around the country. Well, in they brought in a lot of new signings. Uh, Brad Quinton's uh, bringing in a lot of players there, and they faced a six-pointer against Ian Herring's Hungerford, which they won by three goals to two. A vital win for Welling, and a bit like Charlie and Ebsfleet. Now Hungerford are at eight points adrift, and we're not going to put the final nail in the coffin as such. But it is a tall order for them now. Yeah, suddenly a huge gap has opened up and it was a horrible day for them yesterday. Just a, just above them, Chippenham got themselves a creditable one-all draw at Dulwich Hamlet. Wellin obviously beat them 3-2 in the game we're talking about. St Albans uh, got themselves a win. Um, Tunbridge's game was off, but uh, possibly the standout result of the day, really. The one that really shocked me. Oxford City 1, Braintree 4. Braintree pull themselves five points clear of safety now. And uh, I know there's been a lot of changes in uh, personnel there at Braintree, as well as a change in manager. But four different scorers yesterday, uh, all in the final um, 37 minutes. So uh, uh, a, a good day's work for Braintree. Yeah, Oxford City, though, we were missing Finn Tapp, who's uh, enjoying himself in the Love Island villa at the minute. So uh, they could do with his goals, I think, Rob, couldn't they? Yeah, who'd have thought about who'd have thought it? Eh? A footballer with a foot fetish. <laughs> exactly, and he's score he's scoring at the Villa, but not that Villa. And he, um, Oxford City need him scoring in another way. You mentioned Chippenham, Rob, and although it was um, a decent point, it was another draw for them, and they were leading until injury time when Shamir Mullins got that equaliser for Dulwich, and that actually drops Chippenham into the bottom two now. Yeah, it does. It wasn't a great day for Chippenham either, as I say. They they increased the gap on. Hungerford, but they'll be more interested in uh, the gap that's just above them because they need to get up to third bottom at some point. Uh, yeah, as for Shamir Mullins, a couple of goals um, the other week for him for Dulwich Hamlet. Great to see him uh, hit the back of the net. I think that's all his game really needs. Uh, works tremendously hard for the cause. You know, gets back and defends his set pieces well, holds the ball up well. Just the uh, the finishing touches have been missing and. 
And although that's only a point for Dulwich Hamlet in a game they would have set off yesterday expecting or hoping to win, um, I have to say there's no better feeling as a, as a footballer, as a striker than scoring a, a key goal in the final minute. Well done, Sham. So we're going to look now at the National League North. Hi, I'm Jeff Brazier and this is the NL Full-Time Podcast. And in the National League North, the game of the day undoubtedly was Kingsley versus York in front of 4,000 fans. First v second, and that man Adam Marriott scored yet again to give Kingsley a four-point cushion with two games in hand. Yeah, it's billed as the big game in the National League North and when it's a big game, you kind of hope and expect that big players will step up and Adam Marriott's been that for Kingsley this season. Uh, and it was his his goal that decided it. As you said, over 4,000, just over 4,000 inside the walks. I think that's the biggest attendance in National League North this season. Um, and Marriott scored in the 67th minute to give Kings Lynn all three points. Uh, uh, you know, just a tapping in from, uh, it sounds like Pete Jameson just pushed the ball into his path from a, a shot from debutant Simon Power, who, who's on loan from Norwich City. He had a really good first game for Kings Lynn. Um, and it puts him in the driving seat now, four points clear two games in hand and, um, and and York have got an awful lot to do to catch them now you would think yeah I know Steve Watson said it wouldn't make a break this season it would just make it very difficult for them but for Kingsland 34 home games unbeaten in a row now for them this is again thanks to Tom Feeney for that and uh, he also said they've not lost at home since the 31st of October wait for it not 2019 2018 that's that's incredible that's like over well, it's nearly a year and a half. Yeah, it's a sensational run of form, isn't it? And if you think if they if they can continue that to the end of the season, um, that even if results away from home weren't you know fantastic, that you know picking up three points at home virtually every time they play there uh, might even be enough to see them still win the title at this point now. Um, fantastic. Ian Culverhouse said, you know, it wasn't wasn't a pretty performance. Said they realised they had to stand up to York, go toe to toe with them, get in their faces, make it a bit ugly. I, I'm not sure that the pitch is necessarily the greatest, but said that sort of like played to their advantage um, with the winning goal, power shot. Uh, deflected into um, into Marriott's path and yet fantastic result for them Steve Watson on the other hand said well we didn't think there'd be many goals in it thought that York had the better chances but said you know that when the one half chance falls to the best striker in the league that was going to be the moment that decided it yeah, and like we mentioned with Wheelstone, uh, with Rob then, it, the win for Wheelstone haven't stru- felt like it's, they'd struck a psychological blow to their opponents. And do you think that's the same for Kingsley? Now they've struck a psychological blow, not just to York, but the teams chasing them. I guess Steve Watson would probably hope not. I would imagine he'd hope his players have a stronger mentality than that. But you would think in the minds of supporters, possibly. I mean, I've I've picked up from you know the York City fans that I follow on um, social media this morning. There does seem to be that. I mean, I saw one last night saying, "Oh, you know, don't we need to have more promotion places from this league? Otherwise, we're never going to get out of it." You know that 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 that's a slightly defeatist tone to be yeah. taking. But but that seems that you know possibly that mindset has switched from earlier in the season where York looked like they were going to stroll it, that they now realise that, you know, they're in a real scrap to, well, to win it, yes, but even to sort of like possibly come through the playoffs to, to try and get through through the, the, the second route that's available. Yeah, Brackley a third, seven points behind York, nine behind Kingsland, but they do have three games in hand and they got a hard-fought victory at Bradford Park, haven't you, who are still bottom of the division? Yeah, I think those games in hand, that's that's really, really important um, in, in Brackley's case. I think they were due to play at Kettering in midweek and that one got called off. So that's why they've got those three games in hand. And, you know, theoretically, um, if they collect maximum points from all three of those, then they, that would put them ahead of York themselves. I'm not sure when those two are due to meet again or if they do meet again before the season's out. But that's another potentially important fixture in the, um, the race for, you know, if you can't win the title, you want to finish second because of the advantage that gives you through the playoffs. Every, I think both of those sides will be fixated on that as a as a minimum aim now, I would have thought. Leon Love on target again for Brackley today. Another goal for him, he's in tremendous form. James Armson got the second goal and then just a, an injury time consolation for Tom Clare for Bradford Park Avenue. And they're in... in uh, completely the reverse. I think Brackley are unbeaten at 11 now. Bradford Park Avenue have only one win in their last 10. And they're starting to, to really look like they're adrift at the foot of the table now. 
Yeah, more drop points for Chester as well. Nil nil at Leamington. I don't think there's a lot to. Uh, I, I had a quick look at that last night, and I don't think there's a bit like Stockport v Sutton. Not a lot to say on that, is it, Dick? I don't think. No, I think again the overall the, the overriding sort of like vibe I got from again the Chester people that I follow on social media was was meh. Really, yeah. you know, there's so little to say about that one. They just sort of have to forget about it and move on to the next one. Really good win for Boston at Southport as well. I know Craig Elliott was very satisfied with that. And they host Brackley now on Tuesday night and probably is what is the game of the week now after Kingsland v York. Yes, it is. I mean, you know, that, that's I think that's a game in hand that, that Boston have got. That's one of Brackley's games in hand. So um, I, all, all eyes on that one on Tuesday night, I would think it will be. Um, Andy Thanodge, two goals yesterday for Boston. I don't think he'd played since something like the middle of December, but came in, scored twice. George Neal got a goal back for Southport, but Luke Shields added a late third goal to, to put the seal on it. Boston up to fifth. And on Talking about contrasting fortunes again, that's Southport's fifth consecutive defeat. And from being in the playoff places going into the Christmas period, they've now dropped to just below halfway in the table, which again just shows you how tight this league is. Occupying the last two playoff places are Geisley and Darlington, both on 39 points. Just behind them are Spennymore, Gateshead, and Altrincham. As you say, really, really tight there at the minute. And, and good wins for Geisley and Darlington. Yeah, Geisley, they were a goal down to Gloucester City at home, uh, an early goal from Liam Daly there, but then Gloucester lost Joe Hanks to injury, he's very influential for them. Kane Felix uh, got an equaliser for Geisley early in the second half, and then their winner, a Gabriel Johnson goal, but scored direct from a corner. Um, and that gave Geisley all three points for them. Gloucester, only one win since mid-October, so James Rowe, I think we've spoken before about the, the challenge he's got his hands at Gloucester there. They've dropped down to 20th in the table, but they, they have got some games in hand on teams around them. They're, they're certainly one of the, the games in hand that Kings Lynn have is away to Gloucester. So, um, you know, both sides needing the points there for very different reasons. Yeah, this sounded like it was um, quite a straightforward day at the office. A sixth win in seven for Darlington. They they do look fairly strong uh, at Blackwell Meadows at the moment. Two goals for Adam Campbell. And then uh, Justin Donnell added the third one really late on. Uh, Alfreton, their poor form continues down to 15th again after their really strong start to the season. And only two wins in their last 10 matches. So um, after, after such a great start, Alfreton has really fallen away. Yeah, just behind them are there... Durham rivals Spennymore, who you saw at Kidderminster because Telford's game was called off, so you went down to Agborough, had a good feed with their uh, amazing meals there, and uh, then you saw a game between Kidderminster and Spennymore. Yeah, certainly did. Uh, yeah, Spennymore and Darlington. I mean, they, they, I think they swapped places for that seventh playoff spot yesterday. And um, knowing how things were between the two sets of fans in the games they had over Christmas period, there's a, an extra bit of um, needle there in who you know who might get that last playoff spot. Maybe they'll both be in the playoffs. And you imagine a playoff you know game between those two sides. That would be uh, a fantastic tie for the North East. Um, Spennymore, not their best yesterday, a one-all draw at Kidderminster, took a, a lead through Rob Ramshaw, but then conceded a, an equaliser quite soon afterwards to Ashley Chambers, uh, and it stayed on as even. I had a, a catch-up with manager Jason Ainsley after the game, the Spennymore manager, um, and I mean he touched on his disappointment at the that they'd not been able to get the job done after after going ahead so early and then conceding that equaliser. Jason, satisfied with the point from today or maybe feel you should have got a bit more? Uh, mixed emotions, mixed emotions. I thought um, I thought we could have snuck the game. Uh, when you, I mean, you scored an unbelievable goal. If that was if that was on in the Premier League, we've shown time and time again the goal we scored. And then you have to score a, a worldy goal, which we did. And then the disappointing thing is we just don't we didn't hold the lead long enough. Uh, I mean, they've scored a goal where Gouldy could have done better. Um, but before that, they've had a couple of shots where we've played off the line. You know, and we've got to be better when we score a goal. We've got to, we've got, got to manage the game better. Uh, but second half, I thought the shape was excellent. Uh, we limited them to, to very few chances in the second half. Uh, Tyler Forbes has done brilliant with the one off the line. Um, but like I said, I thought we always looked a threat on the break. Would you have took a point before the game? Probably. You know, against a full-time outfit, you're travelling four hours up the road. Um, 
it's a good point, but then again, it's the glass is half empty because I think we, we we could have it would have been a perfect away performance if we if we snuck it. I mean, you're obviously looking for the three points today. You've, you've had a, a couple of um, defeats in recent games as well, so you've been looking for a win to get back on track today, haven't you? Yeah, I think like you say, I think we're about five points shy of where we should be. Really, like last week we didn't play great. Um, and they've scored in the 94th minute, and that's you—you you were thinking it was going to be deja vu tonight again. Um, but I think against Telford, like you see, two 0 up away from home, possibly see that through. Leamington with Mr. Penalty a two-one uh, to go three-one. So, like I said, I mean, you, you, you've took three draws out of three away, tough away games, but then you've got to put the onus on you to win the home games. Then, and, and we needed to do that on Saturday, which we didn't, because if you'd have beat Kettering on Saturday, you come away and you get a you get a point here. You know, you take four points over two games any any day of the week. But it puts us back, you know, I thought the performance was good. I thought the shape was good. Um, you know, just despite we didn't get get the three points, but like I said, I'm, I'm more than happy with the performance. Good couple of new faces in the side as well, haven't you? Yeah, two full-backs I thought were excellent today. Um, you know, in the group in the game. I mean, Tyler hasn't, the full, right full-back hasn't played a lot of football at filed and came in and it's going to take him games. And Lewis is a young lad who's come from Scunthorpe, but I thought they acquitted themselves really, really well today. I thought, you know, I thought offensively and defensively that, well, Tyler... I think he made two two off the line, so he hasn't had a bad day's work. And they'll get stronger and stronger. They just met the group a couple of weeks ago, um, and it's important when you try and bring these players in that that, that they've got to hit the ground running um, because there's no point in just bringing players in for the players' sake. They've got to they've got to come in and, and play. And I thought, like I say, I thought they've equipped themselves really well. Um, and, I, and I thought the whole team did, you know, because it's a tough place to come. The, they play expansive football. Uh, I don't know what's in the water up your way because you all seem to do that, you know. They are, and, and, and they've had ten days to work on things. And but I, like I said, I don't think the uh, I don't think the opener's up a, a great deal in the second half. It's just our final ball or a, or, the, or the last pass. But um, like you said, I, I thought I thought we uh, were well worthy of a point. Sure, and you've got a new face on your staff as well, in Stuart Barnaby. He's just come in recently. Yeah, Midge um, just shows you the calibre that we've got in there. He's he was at Sunderland and he's gone to Leeds United now as, as recruitment. So he was a big loss. But then I say you, you, you know you come you couldn't get anyone better. He's, he's brilliant. Um, I've known him for a long time and, and, and the, he's a spending with a lad uh, being at the highest level. We were talking on the bus about I think he played in the UEFA Cup final for Middlesbrough, you know, so it doesn't get higher than that. And, and he's coming and he's been a breath of fresh air again and you know he's another pair of eyes. He, he's, he does, he, yes, he's been to games because he's a spending with a lad. Um, but I think he's, he's just delighted it's a perfect fit for the club really obviously you'll be looking to just uh, push on secure your place in the playoffs for the end of the season then need to avoid relegation first Rich <laughs> um, it's one of them and it's, it's, it's very very tight isn't it you know like, like I said sometimes like I said I've just said to you there we've drew three tough tough away games you're probably better off losing losing two and winning one you know you get the same points it's fine margins it doesn't matter what league you're playing it's, it's fine margins and I, and, I, and I think we've We've come the wrong end of a few decisions um, over the last few weeks. I thought the referee today was outstanding, outstanding, um, and, it, and it, the game was an open game. But we need to make sure that we're getting the playoffs. And like you say, the chairman's been brilliant for us. I thought the fans today were were, were, were brilliant. Who came over here, you know, sang from minute one. You know, we, that's our aims. We, we always want to go one better. I think, like you said, I think the, the expectations. Two, two years, we've only been in the league. This is our third season. We we, we got the FA Trophy quarter final replay. The first season got missed out in the playoffs in the last kick of the game. Um, the first season got beaten in the playoff final last season, so expectations are always high, you know. Um, and you're coming across. I mean, you look at the stadium here. You look at Telford Stadium. You look at, you know, it's a fantastic ground. You're playing against full-time outfits, and um, it's just, it's, it's just testament to what, what what's been done at Spennymoor to say that, you know, when, when we get beat, people think the world's collapsed, um, and, and that's where we're at at the moment. And it's, it, it's, it's a good feeling to be in because this is the. This is where you want to be playing your football, you know, um, top grounds like this, and um, you know, just we've just got to push on the second half of the season. But it's 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 a tough league, as you know. It is absolutely. Cheers, Jason. Thanks very much for your time. Good speaking. When I said about looking ahead or looking forward to, you know, cementing a playoff spot, and he mentioned relegation, and again, I suppose that just touches on how compressed that league is. That he understands that, you know, if you hit a poor run of form, you can soon drop out of things. We've seen that with Southport. We've seen Alfreton tumble down the table. We've seen Altrincham climb back into the playoff spaces. Um, you know, with with something like five or six wins in their last seven or eight games. So uh, I thought that was interesting from Jason Aisley there, acknowledgement that, um, of how close the, the National League North is. Yeah, Gateshead with a good win over Altrincham. Hol- Alting- 
halting Altingham's charge slightly there. And, and down at the bottom, a massive win for Curzon Ashton. And probably one of the results of the day on top of Kingsland against York was Curzon Ashton beating Farsley by four goals to nil. Yeah, I mean, if if the Kingsland York game was the was the game of the day in terms of the status and the, and the potential significance, then the result of the day, I think, was Curzon Ashton four, Farsley Celtic nil. Um, certainly not a result that one would have expecting, certainly not by the margin. But Farsley's fourth defeat in five, so they're not in great form at the moment. Curzon's first win in their last five and a much needed one for them. Um, and they were in control by half-time. Goals from Mike Calverley and Josh Askew had them ahead at the break. And then Andy Scott and Tundi Wayode added further goals after the half-time interval. Um, and I think that's probably Curzon Ashton's biggest margin of victory by the season and, and certainly a real... Um, morale boost for them um, I think it enabled them to just move that little bit further away from the bottom there's still people looking over their shoulders at the bottom of the table and before we go we're just going to look at some of the transfers that have taken place between National League clubs and Football League clubs over the, the last week of course the big one is Danny Rowe he's gone to Oldham for an undisclosed fee I know Dave Hawthorne late said last week that they'd received a derisory offer from a football league club, but Oldham have coughed up the money now, and Danny Rowe is now going to be playing in League Two, which he says he's going to be very looking forward to and embracing. And also another one, an interesting one, was Jake Cassidy. He's moved from Maidenhead to Stevenage. They paid an undisclosed fee for him also, so it'll be interesting to see how he does there. We'll keep you abreast of all the transfers, hopefully, as they happen throughout the rest of the month. Chris, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Cheers, guys. Rob, thanks for joining us again this week. Pleasure as always. Have a good week, boys. Nice one. Thanks for joining us again this week, Dickie. Uh, your input has been very much welcome again. Okay, good to speak to you. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much for joining us here on NL Full Time. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. And also give us a follow on Twitter at NL Full Time. Our email is nlfulltime at gmail.com. Until then, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all very soon.